Terrible transition there. You see what happened? I lost you guys. Okay. Uh, So Allie, my wife, goes to Africa on a mission trip, and uh, the airport that she flies into is on an island. So she has to take a ferry from the airport to the mainland. And the ferry system's not quite as up-to-date, you might say, as it is here in Seattle. And on her way home after a couple weeks of some pretty challenging living, all she wants to do is get home, and so they get back on the ferry to head back to the island where they catch their plane. <laughs> and the ferry uh, comes up to, you know, the positioning pillars, right? And you're supposed to go in between the pillars, uh, but the guy who knows what's going on completely misses the field goal <laughs> and, and hits one of the pillars and it kind of knocks the boat back and he just can't get it in the right spot. And so there's, the, there's sort of the threshold, right? The transition threshold to where you drive the cars off of. And, and I don't know if the ferry breaks down, but anyhow, it seems like he's not going to be able to get close enough. And so what people start doing, instead of waiting to get it fixed, they've got places to go, and so they just start driving their car off of the ferry into the water. (laughs) And and, and Allie and the rest of her uh, mission mates are just looking like, what is going on? People are jumping off the side of the ferry, driving their cars into the water. Failed transition. And this happens all the time in transitions. Our hope is to go from one solid state to another solid state. But that can be tricky at times. And if we don't sort of think it through, if we're not patient, if we don't show great intentionality, we might just end up jumping into the water, falling, driving off the side of the ferry. If we don't plan ahead and think about what is this transition going to be like. When I was in seminary and we were going through preaching uh, class, here's what they told me. The most important thing you can do in your sermons is hone in on the transitions. And the reason is this. People get lost in the transitions. So if I'm preaching a sermon and I go from one idea to the other, no matter how great those two ideas are, but I do not focus on the transition of moving you of how this idea connects to this idea, I will lose you in the transition. Has anybody noticed these colors? We don't usually do the gold and the blue, uh, but I wanted it to look different than we normally do on a Sunday because this is a special celebration. But then I realized this looks exactly like the Golden State Warriors, whom I love and are going to win the, and win the championship uh, tomorrow night. Uh, that's my hope. That's my prayer. You can pray with me. Uh, but I'm a huge basketball fan, and the thing you know about basketball is transitions are everything, meaning the beginning and the end of quarters If you can win the beginning and the end of every quarter, you're going to win the game. For some reason in sports, those transition moments are the most important. Maybe you're a soccer fan, and you know this. Right at halftime or the beginning of a game or right after a goal in the transition, that is the most dangerous time. You have to be aware because lots of times that's when you let down your guard and someone scores on you. So in all of life, transitions are incredibly important. If you don't pay special attention to the transitions, you're going to get lost. You're going to feel like you've lost 
the game, you're going to, in a sense, lose. But you're here, and you're focusing on this transition, so it's exciting. Thank you for focusing on this transition. And our hope is that through something like this, or connections that you might make tonight with our church, Sedaris, or another church, Central Community Church, that's here and ready to talk to you. With UPC, we have a representative from UPC here with us tonight. And there's lots of other churches that you can find those helpers in the midst of transition that help you go from one solid state, college for instance, to the next solid state, which is post-college life. And I uh, have a special affinity for this group of people, these post-college folks. Um, I even created my own term for these folks. I call them poperies. Uh, post-college, pre-parenthood, okay? And most of us in this room are probably post-college, pre-parenthood, and it's this really exciting, great time of life, but it can also feel like a black hole. <laughs> and post priest that's where I get potpourris. post priest Welcome, potpourris. <laughs> and if you know anything about potpourri, how you make potpourri, you cut a flower off at its roots, and you kind of smash it up, and you put it with some other flowers and spices and whatnot, and then you sell it for lots of money, and, and then you put it in your bathroom, and it smells really good, right? But the problem is, if you leave that same piece of potpourri in your bathroom year after year after year, eventually, it's going to start smelling not very good because it's dead flowers. And so the hope is that you're rooted now, whatever pre-transition phase of life you're in, but that you can quickly get re-rooted somewhere else so that you don't start to smell. <laughs> That's what I hope for potpourris, that they don't smell. Okay. They smell good. I mean, you want to smell good. You can get that life back again. And so there's going to be sort of three things I want to tell you tonight that will help you not smell during this transition. Uh, the first is don't fail to transition. Don't fail to transition. It's very, very easy to get stuck in the nostalgia of the past. I think it's particularly difficult when you're coming out of your college years. And you have so much community and so many memories. And I'm the worst at nostalgia. I, I get so nostalgic about everything in my life. I love the way things used to be. I only remember the good stuff. I have a terrible memory, but I only remember the good stuff can't remember the bad stuff. And so it's easy to think about the way things were and say, if I could just make that never end, that's transitioning well. But that's not true. God actually wants to move you along. He wants to turn the page. He wants to start writing a new chapter in your life. And so the tendency will be to fail to transition because we get stuck in the nostalgia of the past. He's moving you on for a reason. He wants to do a new work in your life. So don't get stuck. Don't fail to transition. Don't fail to move forward. Uh, after Jesus' resurrection, he gave his followers 40 days. 
40 days of personal fellowship with him. He talked with them. He explained why he had to die and why he had to rise again. He explained to them what their job was going to be moving forward. But there was this time, this 40 days of transition that helped him move, uh, helped the disciples move from one season to another. Now, of course, the disciples want, why don't you just stay? Why don't you just do what you've been doing? Why do you have to go? And Jesus told them, I've got to go so that you can receive the gift from the Father, the gift of the Spirit. And once I've gone, then the Spirit will come and then you will become my ambassadors to the world. And if I just stay, it'll be stagnant. Talk about nostalgia, walking with the Son of God on earth. Why can't we just keep doing that? Why do you have to go? Because there's something more to the story. And so he gave 40 days as he helped them to release their expectations of the past as good as it was so that they could embrace God's agenda moving forward. you got to let go. you got to transition in order for the fullness of God's plan in your life to work itself out. Always remember, guys, that God is bigger than the last season of your life. I know it can feel sometimes like it can never get better than this season. And when we say that, when we believe that, we're really sort of shrinking God. We're not believing that God is bigger than any season of our life. Don't do that to God. Trust Him that He is bigger than any season and He's got bigger things in store for you if you let Him sort of transition you on into new, exciting missions for Him. Typically, it's not rebellion that keeps us from transitioning to a new place that God wants to take us. It's often ignorance, immaturity, or fear. But failing to move in God's timing can bring unwanted consequences such as strained relationships, financial loss, and stress. We need to prophetically discern the times and seasons we're in and be moved by the Holy Spirit. This can be incredibly hard to do. But we have to allow the Spirit of God to move us. So don't fail to transition. But you say, how do I know if I'm failing to transition? Or, I want to transition, but I don't know how to do it. Maybe it's the first time you've had a really big transition in your life. How do you transition well? I'm going to give you three sort of movements or directions that you can really focus on as you're transitioning. Because it's not just about graduating and starting a job or moving to a new city. It's about figuring out who God is through the process, who you are through the process, and what he wants you to do, how he wants you to serve his mission. So those are going to be the three ways. And the first is we have to look up during our uh, transition. I had a huge transition when I finished my time at at the UW and um, graduated with a master's in accounting and was taking a job in the Dallas office of Deloitte. And I had a huge transition. I knew one person, and I really didn't know him that well in Dallas. And I moved down there, and it was the biggest transition I'd ever made in my life. 
and I was nervous, and I was scared. But I found something out through that transition about God that I'd never experienced before because I had never been really on my own. And so I did not realize how big God was, how much He loved me, what His presence really felt like because I was able to surround myself with other things that filled that role. And so as you transition, this is really an an invitation for you to intimacy with God. You have a chance, if you seek God through the transition, to know Him in a way that you could not know Him without transition. Again, another 40-day period of transition when Jesus was going from His pre-ministry life as a carpenter to His life of ministry, God took Him out into the wilderness for 40 days. And He experienced in that 40 days a transition. And it started with an intimacy with God. As God stripped away all the things that would distract Him Jesus from the Father. There's an intimacy that comes in these seasons of transition. But you have to seek it. You have to want it. You have to embrace it fully. I recently read a quote that said this, Times of transition are an invitation from our Heavenly Father to spend time with Him. The things we are entering into have not yet fully opened up, We have a greater felt need to hear from God and to understand His purposes. He invites us to private conversation, to look upon His face and to know Him as never before. So listen to God's voice. Listen for His guidance. Seek His face in this time because it is opening up to you in a way that it it has not before. And that's an exciting part of transition. So don't miss out on that. Ask questions. Seek understanding. Ask the big questions about truth. Why is it that I've always believed what I've believed or not believed what I've not believed? Who is God? Who is Jesus? Ask those questions during these times of transition, particularly if you're transitioning from, new, from, uh, from college to post-college. There's this new season of now's my chance to define who I'm going to be, what I'm going to believe, what's going to be the foundation that guides me through the rest of my life. Engage in those questions now. Don't wait until you start your family. Don't wait until you get your career figured out. Dive into those questions right now. You will never have more time to ask the big questions of life than you do right now. Don't buy the lie. You are not going to have more time to ask those questions once your career is settled in, once you have kids. You'll have less time. Spend this time. God's giving you a gift of this time in your life to ask those questions and to find the answers. And I believe that you'll find that Jesus is real in a way that you maybe never understood if you pursue it. The second thing you need to do is you need to look in. And you have to ask questions about who you are. Times of transition is an invitation for you to understand yourself more fully, to recognize what your true identity is. And if you're a Christian, to find that identity in Christ. As we transition from one outward identity to another, I am a UW Husky. Now I am an accountant at Deloitte. As you transition, as you take off almost one hat and put on another, one badge and put on another, what you'll realize is that 
Maybe you have identified with that particular hat, but that's not actually who you are. And in transition, you realize that more fully because you're changing clothes. And it's in that awkwardness of transition that you begin to be asked the question, who, are, who am I? Am I these things that I put on, these labels that I put on, or am I something else? Be bold, be courageous in discerning who am I and what my identity is. There's no time like transition to figure that out. There's no time like transition to figure that out. So as you're taking these risks, you're discovering these questions about who you are, invite others to speak into that. Invite others to tell you, listen, I know you always associated yourself with that thing, but I've seen so much more in you. And I know you're stepping into this other new thing, but just remember that you're so much more than that. And ultimately, hopefully what comes out of this transition is you find what your gifts and your talents and your skills are, how God's beautifully designed you. You'll see what you're really passionate about because nobody's going to tell you what to be passionate about. Nobody's going to structure your life for you in a way that you have to get excited about this thing. You get to pick and choose what you spend your time, money, and energy on as you transition into this new phase of life. So it's exciting. I'm excited. But let me just warn you. You might feel in this transition an identity crisis. Let me read you this. This is from the founder of a ministry called Light and Life Rescue. In times of transition, you find the unhealthy places you were finding your value. I've shared this often, but when I've had transitions in my life, I've found that I was finding way too much value in where I was and in what I was doing. As a result, when I was no longer where I was or, or doing what I was doing, I had an identity crisis because my worth and value were not found in Christ but in what I was a part of. This is very dangerous. When you find your identity in anything, you can lose. If you lose it, you're in danger of having a crisis. Often when people have identity crisis, they often isolate themselves and run to things they shouldn't run to in order to numb the pain. Learn to find value in God. I think that's great advice. So here's my tip. Surround yourself with people that lift you up, that promote a healthy lifestyle, that remind you that your true identity is in Christ. People who point you to Jesus, people who draw you into gospel-centered habits, people who hold you accountable to Christ's mission. Never is it more important to be surrounding yourself with those kind of people than when you're in the midst of transition, when you're prone to losing yourself or losing your identity? You've got to surround yourself with those kind of people. And then finally, you have to look out. You have to start being on mission for God right away. You can't sort of slowly walk your way into that. Because if you slowly walk your way into that, something else is going to fill the void. Something's going to fill that gap in time. And you're going to find before long that you don't have time for the things of God. You don't have time for the mission of Jesus. And so, you've got to start being on mission for Him right away. 
I'm not saying that you should never travel or invest in your career, but don't believe the lie and don't lie to yourself that you'll get to the mission later in life. You've got to start doing it right away because the habits that you'll set right now in this formative time in your life will be the habits that you maintain for the rest of your life. Yes, you can change them, but the energy that it will take to change them in five or ten years is incredible compared to the energy it takes to establish them now as you're stepping into this new season of life. You're never going to have the same... You'll just find this in life. Probably when you're in high school, you thought, man, high school is so hard. I, I never have any time for anything. And then you got to college. You're like, oh my gosh, college is so hard. I never have time for anything. And now you're going to graduate college. You're going to be like, oh my goodness, college was so easy. I had so much time. And so you just have to trust me when I say, then you're going to have a kid. And you're going to be like, man, not having a kid, I had so much time, okay? Now, every time we think, I got to get it all in, you know, I got I to gotta live now for these other things, you're ne- it just goes away. It just keeps going away, your time, okay? So you're never going to have the same amount of time. You're not going to have the same spending cash. You're not going to have the energy that you have now. Trust me, getting old, like you lose energy. I never thought is a real thing. I just don't have as much energy. And you're never going to lack the real responsibility (laughs) that you lack right now. Now that's not a ding, okay? What I'm saying is that you've got this kind of freedom now. If you're just graduating that you can go and be on mission for God in ways that will be hard to in 5, 10, 15 years. Go do it right now. Be on mission for Him. Learn what it means to serve Him because you want to do it, not because somebody's telling you to do it, but that you want to be on mission for God. Do it right now. Think about God's glory. Think about His reputation and His fame. Think about His agenda. Think about serving people with His heart. Do it now. Start right Just. Start today. Just, what do I got to do to get involved in the mission of God? And start using these gifts that you are going to recognize in yourself, these new passions as, as you sort of reveal them, and put them to work for both special grace and the common grace in the kingdom of God. So you got to look up, you got to look in, and you got to look out. And where does this take place after college? These are great things. I want to know more about God. I want to know more about myself. I want to be serving and I want to be on mission. And maybe you've always had um, somebody helping you to do that. Maybe there's been a college ministry that you've been a part that's just poured into you and, and given you all this structure so that you could live out in these ways. Where does that happen post-college? I was really involved with Young Life when I was a high schooler. I was really involved in the inn, in college. Where does that stuff happen post-college? Is there adult young life? And some of you maybe never have thought of this, but it's meant to happen in the local church. The local church is the linchpin of adult life and mission, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus. This is the plan of God, is through the local church, to become when the, full, when the floor is going to fall out from under you. It's going to feel like 
you're free-falling, like, you know that great song you play at high school graduation, free-falling, do they still play that? They played it when I was young. It's going to fall out from you. Where do you find the new floor? It happens in the local church. This is where the family of God gathers to know God and to, to help you know yourself and to help you be on mission. It's the local church. And I know for so many of us and so many of my friends and, and even for myself, I always thought the local church was something that my parents did or something that my grandparents did or something that was just not relevant to me. And it's just not true. That has always been God's vehicle. The people of God gathered together. That is the church. That's the family of God. It's meant for you. It's your new floor. But you have to be willing to find that. It might not just find you. And you might have friends. Like, you're in this room tonight, and you might be sort of ahead of the game, but you've got friends who are not ahead of the game. They're not thinking this way. This is how you love them. You help them get connected. As the floor drops out from them, help them get connected in real community through the local church. It's so important. Of course, I've got to apologize for the church that it hasn't done a good job. It has not done a good job of helping new grads. Because new grads are flaky, and (laughs) they're always in transition, it seems like, for several years. To be honest, they don't give very much to the church, and so the church has just historically dropped the ball when it comes to these people that are making huge life transitions And it's something that we're passionate about. something that Laura's passionate about. How do we help new grads, potpourris, get connected in the bride of Christ, the family of God? So you're loved. We want to help this because this is the way it happens. It hasn't always happened well, but we're going to change that. So I want to just point you to the bulletin. If you look on the inside, you probably already noticed At the bottom of the notes page, we've just got a section here to connect with the local church. Here's just a list of of some of the churches that the leadership here at Sedaris has personal relationships with. uh, Has personal relationships with the leadership of, of other churches. So we just wanted to give you a list. There's lots of good churches in the city of Seattle uh, we just wanted to give you a, a starting place. These are some churches that you can check out if you're looking for community or if you have friends that are looking for community that live in these neighborhoods. Um, and if you have questions about other churches, hey, is this a good community for me to get involved in? I might not have a personal connection, but I'd love to kind of help you uh, through that. You could always email me, and, and I'd love to co- sort of correspond with you and help you find a place where you can connect in. And this is, Sedaris is not... By any means, the only place. The local church. We're all in this together. It's not competition. It's we want you to get connected in the church. And as you, um, and then flip it over here and look, I just want to read for you Romans 6.16. 6, I want to show you a reason why this is so important. So Romans 6, 1 through 16 says this, I commend you, to our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Sensory, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints, 
Help her in whatever she may need from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Help her in whatever way. This is the way the church is supposed to work. No matter what transition you're going through, college to post-college, moving to a new city, starting a new job, moving to a new neighborhood, whatever it might be, the church is meant to be that place where someone says, help her in any way. Help me through this transition. Receive her to your community. This is the way the family of God works, and it's incredible. And, and we won't read 3 through 16, but you can look through it on your own. In the rest of chapter 16, this is in the closing remarks of Paul's letter to the church in Rome. He names 34 people by name. Why is that so profound? You should be known by name. You're not just a number floating through the world. In the local church, you are known. Someone cares about you. You're not just a unit. You're not just some employee number. You have a name. And it's amazing that the Apostle Paul, one of the chief church builders that started so many churches, knows all these people by name, and he's telling them about people by name. The church needs to be like this in our culture. You need to be known by name. I hope you find that. I hope you look for that. I hope you engage, but you have to be intentional. You have to put yourself into situations and put yourself into communities where you can be known by name. That's what's going to ground you in this season of transition. And again and again, we see this in the book of Acts and through all the New Testament letters. It's this amazing phenomenon that wherever a Christian would go, they would be welcomed in by the church in that city. Stay with us. Eat with us. Worship with us. And it can be the same way for you. Maybe, maybe you've graduated from Seattle and you're moving somewhere else. Immediately when you get there, go pursue the church. Be known, be found, and I tell you, it will profoundly change your experience from those who do not do that. I had that experience. I moved to Dallas, and I knew one guy, and he said, hey, my neighbor has an office, and you can sleep in it for a couple weeks till you find a place. I stayed for four years because those were brothers in Christ, and they, on the second night I was there, invited me to their small group's uh, barbecue, and immediately I was sucked up by the church, and I found Transition was still hard, but I found something that tethered me through all the storm, which is transition. I want you to find that. I want you to know that you're not alone. And it works because of this. This is the dynamics of why this works. I had uh, a friend in Texas in fact, I dated her, um, and she had a sister. And I was traveling in Europe, and I was in Interlaken, Switzerland. If you ever go to, to, to Europe, go to Interlaken, Switzerland. Amazing place. And we're staying in this hostel, and we're at the hostel uh, watering hole. And all of a sudden, um, my friend Meredith's sister, Brooke, walks up behind me and says, Dave, no way. 
<laughs> I couldn't believe it. I saw this person that, that, that I had all these connections with, right? We shared a citizenship, right? She's an American, so if you're ever traveling and you meet an American, it's like, oh my gosh, an American, if they're admitting to be an American. Um, we shared a friend. If you ever meet somebody, say, in a foreign country, and you meet somebody who has a shared friend, of course, it was her sister. We had a shared friend. Because I knew her family so well, they knew my beliefs, and so I know her beliefs, so we had shared beliefs. Amazing connection, so I could trust her, she could trust me. Shared family. I had been to family dinners with them, and so we had this shared sense of family. And so it made for this kind of connection in a foreign place that was just like unbelievable, and the next day we were out mopeding through the hills of Switzerland together, and it's like, wow, that's weird. Why is it? Because we were already connected before we ever run into each other, and this is how it works with the church. You move to a new city. You transition from one, life, or, or one stage of life to another, and you can show up in a local church, and you have shared citizenship, shared friendship in Jesus, shared beliefs, and you share the same family, and so boom, it's like you're with family. It's, it, it, it's the most incredible thing, and that's what God has designed in the local church. So I want you to find that. And I want you to find it right now. <laughs> you're transitioning, you say, I'll wait a while. No, do it right now. Get plugged in right now. We're going to have some people at the tent outside during the meal. Go start a conversation. Get connected in a community. And don't wait. Don't even wait for the summer. I would recommend, if you can, get connected during the summer. It's a great time. There's a list of events in your bulletin that uh, we want to invite you to this summer through Sedaris. There's others through Central Community Church and UPC and other churches will have summer events that you can get connected at. Uh, get, get connected at a community group, or we call them fellowship groups here, and we've got some information for you on the back of your bulletin as well on that. Do it right now, and you have to be bold. You're, you're walking into a season of life where nobody's going to give you anything. You've got to be bold, and you've got to find the things that are of greatest value, and the connection, the relationship, like Jared said, is the greatest value in this season of transition. Now, I just want to say this very, very quickly. Maybe you've already gone through transition. Maybe you're a couple years out from college and you said, man, I have not done this well. And I feel the effects that you're talking about. I feel the loneliness. I feel the drifting. I, I don't feel like I have a sense of purpose. Did I miss the chance? Is my chance over? Oh, I did not transition well. I heard this great illustration that will hopefully give you hope. Think of a barbecue pit, old school barbecue pit with some uh, bricks, uh, charcoal bricks. When it's in the pit, they're red hot, right? They're red hot. Uh, they're being what they're meant to be. Then you take one of those and you, and you place it outside the pit for a while, and it cools way off and it stops giving off any heat, and you say, man, it almost looks dead. Here's the great news. 
You take that brick, that charcoal brick, and you put it back in the barbecue pit. Within seconds, it's heated back up. Maybe you didn't transition well, but that's not the end of the story. You can go find now community that you did not have for maybe the last couple years, and you can get, again, red hot, like you were intended to be. That's the beauty of the family of God. So as you're going through this transition, as, as, as the floor falls out from you, as you're making new relationships and new friends, and it will be hard, even if you do it sort of textbook like I'm talking about, it will be hard, but I want to remind you that you're not alone. I want you to remind you that I don't have my Bible up here, which I needed for this last illustration. Imagine this is a Bible. <laughs> Somebody give me a Bible. I need a Bible. Okay, okay, got it here. Okay, this is a Bible. This is the Word of God. You know who also is called the Word of God? Jesus Christ is the Word of God. And this little paper here, this is you. And when you're putting your faith in Jesus Christ, when you trust in Him, His, his death, His resurrection, when you, when you give your life to Christ, it's like you're this piece of paper and you slide in to the Word of God. And Jesus comes all around you and He covers you. So no matter how challenging the next season in the ups and the downs, Christ will be all around you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He is always with you. And my hope is that you feel his presence and you trust in him fully as you transition from one phase of life to the other. Christ is with you. It's the greatest truth in transition. Let's pray.